Hey everybody, welcome back to GRE Bytes. My name is Davis. I'm an educator with over 10 years of experience. And I'm Orion, the founder of Stellar GRE. And we're here to bring you your weekly bite-sized episode on GRE prep and grad school admissions. Check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at StellarGRE.com. And don't forget, you can use the code BITES for 10% off all and any memberships. All right, so today we have another um, listener request, an email from Crystal. Uh, Really excited to get into this one. Crystal says... Hi, I've been listening to your podcast religiously. However, you mention high-performing students all the time and how to score, how a score of 160 plus is attainable for them. However, I get massive test anxiety and I wouldn't consider myself a high-performance testing student. So Crystal's Crystal's question is, is it possible for those of us who aren't high-performing to be able to still get a 160 plus? I love this question. Orion, what are your immediate thoughts? Uh, Yeah, it's absolutely possible for the vast majority of students to achieve at least a 160 on the GRE. It's uh, it's well within the capacities of the majority of students. It does require some prep. It may require um, getting some training with respect to any test anxiety, depending on how extreme it is, but absolutely it's tameable. In fact, sometimes the students who approach the material from a lower scoring perspective are actually much easier to work with. Like as the old saying goes, it's hard to pour into a cup that's already full. Oftentimes students who have, for whatever reason, some, uh, they're feeling very confident with the verbal or the quant section. They often come with their pre-existing notions of how they should engage with the test. And for the most part, it works for them. So that's why they're actually often very reticent to give up those strategies, even if they're not getting them all the way to their highest possible performance. Low score, lowing, lower scoring students often don't have that issue. They come to the material like, I don't know, just teach me. I'm, a, I'm open. Just tell me what to do and I will try it. And that attitude is actually fantastic for students to approach any material with, to approach material with that novice mind that I'm at least open and willing to try out what the master teacher may have to say. So a lot of low scoring students are, are open to that kind of feedback and they make faster and more significant progress than those who are already scoring at a higher level. Now, I definitely appreciate and can relate in my educational experience to that exact issue that you stated just to kind of reflexively, reflectively list, um, state what you said, you know, basically students who come in already ingrained or confident of their intelligence or ability to tackle prog- uh, problems think they know it and therefore adopt a new strategy that doesn't immediately make sense to them and they, they have resistance. Whereas students coming in who recognize, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't know how to do this and I, I want to learn. Uh, that's a better mentality and allows for that faster improvement. Just out of, um, for reference, I know that you know on Stellar GRE you referenced that you know Stellar GRE is the the only kind of test prep out there that has empirical evidence of improved scores. So in your uh, ten plus fifteen year plus uh, job doing this, what's kind of the lowest score you've seen and the highest you know score improvement that you've seen? I mean, I've 
I always give students an initial diagnostic test when they first come to me, either for the classes that I used to teach or as a private student. And I've had students literally answer zero questions correctly on their diagnostic test. Zero. And, and that wasn't because they didn't try. I mean, they answered, they attempted the questions, they didn't get a single question right. And I've worked with them with over just a couple of months and to the point where they were, I think one of them, I started, they had a initial score of like one question correct on the diag quantitative and they got to like 16 or 17 right on a similar version within just like two or three months. I mean, that's, that's about the entire spectrum of the scoring of the entire test. I mean, you can't really see a bigger improvement than that. Is that usual? I don't know. I mean, I didn't, there's not a lot of students who come with getting zero or one question right on their diagnostics, to be honest, but it wouldn't be the only time that that's happened. So uh, that's probably the biggest score improvement I've ever seen. And the, the kind of the good news with that is if you're answering zero, one, two questions right on your diagnostic, it's like the pressure's off, man. It's like, you're not going to get worse. <laughs> you know, you can only get better. You can only go up. So it's actually a very low risk, low stakes endeavor to engage in prep because, you know, what's the worst that can happen? It's like, you're already about as, as low as you can get. Now I'll continue to talk here and just say, so the lower scoring students, they tend not to have that, like, let's say, um, cognitive willfulness that some of the higher performing students have. They have a different problem that they need to overcome, which is they have these historical notions about their own ability or performance. And they just say, oh, I'm just not good at math. Like, I can't do it. I've never been good at math. Um, it's just not how my brain works. And th those beliefs can often become self-fulfilling. It's like, it's okay to acknowledge that historically you may have had difficulty with one section of the test or one subject, but to leave the door open for the possibility of having an emotionally disconfirming experience. It's like, you have to be open to the possibility that you can get what you want from the test. Otherwise, if you think you can't, you're right. Just like if you think you can, you're right. It's like, your mind and your expectation often drives your performance much more than we generally anticipate as opposed to the other way around. No, I really appreciate that. You took that subject uh, right out of, you know, right out of my mouth. I was going to ask about exactly this, which is, you know, uh, what can you say about how negative belief structures affect performance? But also I'd like to remind, maybe get a few closing remarks from you on just the, ref you know, reflecting that the the GRE is not, a like subject mastery test. It's a, it's a general aptitude test, you know, and we talk about in other episodes, what its exact purpose is for in terms of admissions. Um, and so, you know, with this idea of low performing student and this not being a subject mastery test, can you kind of sum up your thoughts on, you know, negative belief structure and then uh, structures that a person can have, and then also what the point of this test is? Well, yeah, that's kind of one way around it, which is the GRE is sort of a metric that measures itself. It's not correlated with intelligence or even attrition rates for graduate programs. It measures how well you do on the GRE. That's it. And so if you can actually appreciate that, you can understand that there, there really is no basis for your pre-existing prejudices about your performance on the test one way or the other, because it's not like anything else. It's actually not like your high school math class. 
you need to know a little bit of math, most of which you probably learned in middle school, but it's not actually testing math mastery. It's testing something else entirely. And you might not have actually had a lot of experience with that skill that the test is actually testing. So whatever negative expectations you may have about your performance based on your academic associations in the past may not be justified. I really appreciate that. That's an open door for everybody to to jump in and see, you know, how the test taking strategies available at Stellar can actually improve your ability to perform on the test. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thanks for the question. Crystal, we'll be back next week for another bite-sized episode of GRE Bytes. And if you have any topic you'd like to discuss on a future episode, we welcome emails. Please let us know at stellargre at gmail.com. And if you're ready to take your prep to the next level and find out some of these strategies in real time, check out our top rated GRE self-study program at stellargre.com and use the code BITES for 10% off. Talk to you soon.